episode number 256, Goodbye Holden. Welcome to the Camaro Show, a podcast about all things Camaro and GM performance news. I'm Chris Frezzo. And I'm Jason Debler. We're your hosts for this week's episode of the Camaro Show. Want to be part of our show? It's easy. Just leave a message on our voicemail hotline at 586-486-3182. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And welcome back, everyone, for another exciting episode of the Camaro Show. I'm Chris. I'm Jason. What's up, dude? It's been so cold here. We always talk about weather now, it seems. Yeah, weather, gas prices, whatever. <laughs> weather, weather, gas prices. But you know what? It's the sun's out, finally. So that's cool to see. Yeah, and what's up with you? It's been, a, it's been a decent week. Yeah. Um, we didn't have any snow this week, did we? No, we might have had like a little dusting, but you know, any of the snow we've we've gotten this winter, like mm-hmm. a couple days later, it's like in the forties and it all melts. So yeah, oh yeah, there's currently yeah, nothing on the ground here. Yeah, it's just like it's like here too. It'll snow in the morning. In fact, it did snow what Thursday morning. Like we had a pretty good snow, but by the time it hit the ground, it was you know you could still see the ground through it. It was just like a little dusting yeah. by the time it got there. So. I was, we were talking about this. I remember winters in Michigan when I was a kid where, well, there was one time when we couldn't leave the house for three or four days. Wow. Because the drifts were, the roads were so snowed over that the, even the snow plows couldn't get through. And my dad put on his motorcycle gear and some winter gear and walked about five miles to my grandfather's tractor dealership and got a giant Massey Ferguson four-wheel drive tractor and cleared the roads so the snow plows could get through. Wow. Yeah. I remember seeing a walk, walking away in the blizzard, thinking it was, I was, you know, probably five years old, four or five years old, and I was thinking it was the last time I was ever going to see him. Dang. You know, walk, it's just like in the movie, you know, walking off and just, just kind of just disappearing, disappearing in the wow. snow. Crazy. Yeah. But now Crazy. we just get like a little, little dusting, and it's like, oh, my God, this weather sucks. <laughs> you know, like half of it. <laughs> <sighs> we had um, some sad news this week. Yeah, we're going to dedicate a chunk of this episode to it because we we here in, in the United States, we don't think about Holden as much as what I'm sure the Australians do. Right. Holden was a big deal to the Camaro. Huge. Yeah. And they're shutting it down. Yep. What else we got going on this week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Alexa is apparently talking to me. <laughs> Put that on mute. Sorry, guys. Um, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk a little bit about Holden. We're gonna talk about the impact it had on Camaro and General Motors as a whole. We're gonna talk about some of Holden's most iconic cars, uh, some from some articles that we've we've got, and then we're gonna talk about somebody just driving a rental Camaro right off a cliff, <laughs> and then a virtual drag race uh, between the Camaro SS and the Lexus LC500. This is kind of a joke article, I think it's got to be. And then, Chris, we were talking. You got we got some voicemails, huh? We do. We got some voicemails this week. Good to hear. Good to hear from mm-hmm. our listeners. Always good. So, let's talk about Holden. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sunday, Sunday of this week, uh, General Motors announced that they're going to be shutting down Australian automaker Holden for good. For good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 2021 will be their last cars that they're going to sell, and then uh, they're done. GM has taken this uh, difficult decision after an exhaustive analysis of investment required for Holden to be competitive for long-term in Australia and New Zealand's car markets. Regrettably, this assessment determined such an investment could not meet GM's investment thresholds, including delivering an appropriate return. So the bean counters win. 
and they are shutting down another part of, you know, General Motors' arm, um, Holden. It's it's, it's kind of sad. It is. It's kind of sad. I don't know if it's as, as sad as when they shut Pontiac down, but we were we were kind of talking about that before the show. I think it's sadder. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, Holden will definitely be missed. Uh, mm-hmm. They they produce some iconic vehicles. You know, V8 sedans and wagons and utes and, and stuff like that. And, and, and let's not to say that, you know, it was a huge, huge... Uh, influencer. Influencer, yeah, with, with with Camaro, too. I mean, I remember talking with Cheryl, and she would be on conference calls with Australia mm-hmm. at 9, 10 o'clock at night. She said, I got to go talk to Australia. I got to talk to Australia. So engineering, I think they were sharing with, um, because of the platform of the vehicle. Yes. And she, oh, uh, we're just just in case you we're referencing Cheryl Pilcher. Yeah, uh, she was uh, was she brand manager, product manager? Yeah, something like a Cheryl, like product manager. I know. forgot her title, but she was a big significant portion of the fifth gen Camaro. So yeah, that was. I mean, we talk about this. We talk about this almost every episode. The impact that the fifth gen Camaro had, and that couldn't have happened without Holden's involvement. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. Australian design, Canadian built, American muscle, some people, <laughs> some people would say. Detroit, baby. Yep. And that's, you know, the car couldn't, couldn't have happened without that combination. So, um, yeah, so Holden, we, we, we thank you uh, and, and we honor you uh, with uh, talking about this. Yeah, yeah. Whew, man. Made some, every, anytime we do a meet and greet, like at SEMA or something like that, we meet somebody from Australia, can't oh. help but talk about how awesome those cars are. Yes. Even even, even Ford made some pretty cool cars in Australia that yeah. we wish we could get. The Falcon, I think, is, is one of them, something like that. I'm, you know, we're GM-oriented guys, so we know more about that. But this uh, this Road and Track article, I mean, right there, that, that green ute on... As the as the header image, just it just to me, it's good looking. They should have they should have definitely brought that over here. I mean, there's you, a lot of absolutely. rebadge, a lot of rebadge holdings that came to the the U.S. market. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that there's a there's a cost involved in importing them here, but uh, that you I think would have sold pretty good. I would, I would like to think so, but there's similar body style vehicles that did not do well. Ever after the El Camino and uh, what's the uh, the the Ford version of it, the Ranchero, I think yeah. was the Ford version. Uh, well, there was the Dodge Rampage, um, which was basically like a you know this is from the eighties though eighty three eighty four that only sold for I think two years or something like that. There was that kick ass mid engine version that was at SEMA, one of my favorite cars <laughs> there by the way. Um, and then let's see here the the Subaru Brat was kind of like that like a little little truckster <laughs> and then uh the then subaru made another one that was a four-door car with a wagon i forgot the name of it it's it's more recent and they have like a little cult following but they didn't do good either it just i think in america it's like i'm gonna have a truck or i ain't gonna have nothing you know yeah. i don't want a half car half truck mm. yeah they don't really talk like that around here but well some do but but i would i you're right chris i wish they would have but if they had would you have bought one me personally, no, because I'm not a fan of them. <laughs> the Ute, but you wish they would have. I, I, I think that's I what it think, comes down to. I, I think they would have done well. I've I've heard enough people talk about 
how how they've wished that that GM would have brought over the the Ute, you know. Kind of like when they rebadged the GTO and the mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the Camaro SS or the what was it the Chevy SS and yeah stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, but but that's the thing is I we I, I like you have heard a lot of people saying I wish they bring it over, but I haven't heard anybody say I'd buy one immediately. Yeah. So and I think that's and, and that circles right back to what we're talking about dollars yeah. strictly financial. Because that Chevy SS I would have bought if the pricing <sighs> was better. Oh, I four door, rear wheel drive, stick shift. I mean, the price point was horrible, though. It was horrible. And that's the thing. Anything they would have brought over, yeah, in a I mean, niche, 45, niche market would have been. Yeah. It's, it's just, but, yeah. uh, by comparison, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wish they would have. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, wish in one hand, as they yeah. say. So Let's talk about some of the killer cars. I mean, two cars that come to mind immediately when you when you talk about Holden is the Commodore and the Monero. Mm-hmm. And the Monero was the one they converted into the GTO, right? Uh, yes, that is correct. Is it also the one that they converted into the Chevy SS as well? The I older, believe the newer one? so. Yeah. 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 Oh, you make a great point right there. There's other cars other than Camaro. The GTO, the SS, and uh, uh, the G8, the Pontiac G8, I think, was that also based? Was the what was the G8 based on? Don't know. Oh, I forgot. I got them, I get them mixed up now. Okay, so the Holden VF Commodore was the Chevy SS, the Chevrolet SS. It was uh, built on the Zeta platform, which shared the yes. fifth generation uh, Camaro. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then. The G8 was a re yes the G8 was a rebadged Holden Commodore right so the GTO that's right that's right was was the GTO based on them the GTO was based on the oh, Monaro. based on the Monaro yeah yeah uh, yep. how would, with an Australian accent how would that sound Monaro Man- I have no idea I'm not I'm not gonna get that one right <laughs> we, I know we've got Australian listeners please call in and tell us how to say it with the proper accent yeah Man- Monaro thank you I don't know thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, gosh! Yeah, the G8, the G8 GT is. I I actually looked at that car because um, mm-hmm. I had a G6, and I remember when the G8 came out, and I was like, "Ooh, this is nice." And then the G8 GT came out, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah!" And uh, you didn't and didn't Stevie have one? Steve had a G8 GT, yeah. and he put fifth gen Camaro wheels on yeah. it, and it looked so. That's good. what people were doing. Where they were putting, uh, they were putting a fifth gen wheels on them. And it, I, I told him, I'm like, dude, you got to put Camaro wheels on that. Get it, get your hands on something. And it just looked right, man. Yeah. God, it looked good. It was a good looking car. It was fast. I drove it. It was fast for a sedan. You know, it's a good car. I forgot you had a G6. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that the only Pontiac you ever had? Is that the only Pontiac I ever had? I think so. I don't think yeah. I've ever owned a Pontiac. I remember going to a Pontiac dealer looking at a Cyclone, but I never, uh, I never bought one back in the day. Yeah, the, don't forget about the Pontiac G8 GXP. Oh, yeah. That yeah. had the LS3 in it. That thing was, that was, that was a, that was available in a manual too. It was basically. It had that the, big the, old wing in the back, I think. Mm-mm. The GXP? Oh, that was a Not Grand a, Prix. Wasn't it a Grand Prix GXP? Uh, Grand Prix Big Wing? 
don't think I had a big wing. I thought it did. But uh, that that was basically the Chevy SS. Yeah. Just, you know. And uh, let's. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia here. Uh, th- there was a G8 ST. In addition to the sedan, a two-seat coupe utility, basically the Ute, called the G8 ST, was shown at the New York International Auto Show in March 2008, based on the Holden Ute, but was built on the same G8 platform with a 73-inch cargo bed. Sport truck had 361 horsepower. After a naming contest with more than 18,000 suggestions, the name remained G8ST. Slated for release as a 2010 model to be Pontiac's Coupe Utility. And GM's first Coupe Utility, ah, here we go, it circles <laughs> back, in the United States since the Chevrolet El Camino, man, <laughs> that was discontinued in 1987. In January of 2009, GM announced to Pontiac dealers that the G8ST was canceled due to budget cuts and restructuring. Oh. Chop, chop, man. So go. it was close. Close. It was close. Close, but no cigar. What other cars can we talk about here? We want to go back through the history books here? Because there's, old you know, ones. the old ones. The Holden HK Kingswood wagon and uh, the Holden HK Monaro, which looks like it was more Pontiac Tempest-based, if I'm getting that right, or styled. That's before they were combined. The Holden LJ Torana looked almost like a Datsun. The Holden HQ Statesman, this is all part of a car and driver article. Uh, the Holden HQ Monaro, GTS two-door and four-door. The Holden HZ Sandman, passenger car front end, pickup truck cargo area in the back, almost like a delivery van, panel van. The Holden TX Gemini, again, looks like an import. Then we get into the good stuff. The Holden VH Commodore SS in the early 80s. The Holden VL Commodore Group A in 1988, that wow. thing had ground effects and wings and all kinds of crazy nutty things going on. Crazy nutty things. Crazy nutty things. And then, of course, the Holden VU Ute SS, the Holden Monaro slash Pontiac GTO, and then, of course, the Holden VF Commodore slash Chevrolet SS. Man, it's a bummer. I wish I, wish, I, wish I could have had a chance to drive one or, or could have afforded to own one. I'm looking at the, uh, the Wikipedia article for the, the, uh, the G8. Which and part? The Pontiac G8, and I'm, and I'm looking at the different names. Depending on where you lived in the world, it was called something different. So if you lived in the Middle East or South Africa, it was the Chevrolet Lumina. Oh, that's right. I did know that. If you were in Brazil, it was called the Chevrolet Omega, uh, also the Holden Commodore, mm-hmm. and G8. Well, uh, it was uh, his successor was the Chevrolet SS and the Chevrolet Caprice. And uh, the predecessor was the Bonneville, the Grand Prix, and the GTO. Let's see what G8 GXPs are going for on eBay just for kicks. <laughs> Whoa. 2000, uh, 2009 with 26,000 miles in silver. Manual. Is it manual? No, it's automatic transmission. Twenty nine grand. Damn. Still expensive. Yeah. But it's basically cheaper. the Chevy SS. <laughs> What'd you say? You can get a Corvette cheaper. You can get, you get a Z20H. <laughs> but don't, you don't get four doors. You don't get... Right. Hmm. Let's see what they sold for. That's what they're asking for. Huge difference there. Oh, one with twenty-five thousand miles went for thirty-seven thousand dollars. Wow. So they're holding value. Crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. So uh, we could talk about holding forever, but um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll mention it again when they finally, you know, pull the plug swing, against twenty. Swing that axe. Yeah. Let's see what else is going on here. Well, let's 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 you know let's bring the room back up to a to a happy 
happy topic. Uh, two killed when Reynolds Camaro <laughs> drives off cliff. Wow, this is this is actually pretty sad. They they've I didn't read the article. I well, couldn't. and Mercury News. Uh, this is in California. It's the Big Sur is like if is like the coast, so you can take a, I forget what it's called. Uh, where you can drive all along the coast in California, and Big Sur is is, is the name of one of the areas of it. Uh, they have a, a picture here. It's it's supposed to be very scenic, and um, news Carillo. reported news reported that someone had seen a fire, and so they called the fire. You know, because they got all those big fires in California, so they called the the fire department to put out a fire. And what they what they discovered was. Uh, a rented 2018 Chevy Camaro had oh. had gone off the cliff and um, had um, I guess started on fire. Uh, they did recover two bodies from the car, and the victims' oh. identities haven't been released. So it's very very sad. It said uh, the the vehicle was engulfed in flames about 300 feet down from the cliff. So oof. wow. I, all I, all I can hope is that they they were killed on impact and didn't yeah. have to suffer. Uh- at that height, probably the case. Oof, oof. They, uh, they don't, un, they don't, the crash is under investigation. But hmm. um, I saw this pop up in a lot of my, my, my Google news feeds mm-hmm. this week. So that's why we're talking about it. But oof, hmm. very sad, very sad. As Monterey County in California. Uh, wow. Crazy. Hmm. Crazy. Well, so. this just goes to show you that, you know, they say you got to have control with power, not just power. Right. And, you know, 450 horsepower, even if it's the 300-plus horsepower of the V6, if it was a rental, it's probably a V6. And, oh, man, yeah. especially around there. But, uh, crazy, crazy. Indeed. You know what else is crazy? What? Um, another article on Auto Evolution did a virtual drag race between Camaro SS and Lexus LC500, which I don't know too much about Lexuses. Um, oh, my neighbor, neighbor and his Corvette drove by. The guy that lives down the street, I can hear him coming from a mile away. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I just I just looked up the price of that 2020 Lexus LC500. It's only twice as much as the Camaro. Oh, so. is that all? Yeah, it's ninety some thousand dollars. Um, but they they did this this simulation, Camaro SS and LC500, side by side, and they're using Gran Turismo to do it. Mm, but they're game. they're they're saying that. Gran Turismo is one of the best racing simulators ever, and all cars available in the game actually produce ac- accurately pr- reproduce their real-life siblings. I guess, simulation. But, uh, boy, it's, it's not a quarter-mile drag race, that's for sure. It seems like it goes on forever. And eventually, eventually, the Lexus passes the Camaro after the Camaro leads for a while. <laughs> Spo- oh, uh, spoiler alert. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, $92,000 starting price for the Lexus LC. Okay. What's it look like? Oh, it's pretty good looking for what it's worth. Eesh. Okay. I'll link that remember, up in the show notes as well. Remember when Gran Turismo came out? Oh, yeah. I still have it, dude. Was, I still I still have my PS2 hooked up here <laughs> with the steering wheel. <laughs> with the kids in the house. With the kids in the house. <laughs> Only Detroiters know what I'm from Drew and Mike. Oh. They know what I'm talking about. We're talking about <laughs> from OJ Simpson. Yeah. It was OJ Simpson, right? With the kids in the house? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm looking forward to this next part. We've got, you said we got some voicemails, yeah? We have some voicemails. Let's hear them. Let's see. Let's go. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is Tony Huntmer from our family. Tony Huntmer. Anyway, uh, so I was calling about the Camaro convertible, convertible Camaro. I say it both ways, but I typically say convertible Camaro. 
but uh, when I'm posting on Instagram, I have to post the hashtags for the posts of Camaro Convertible and Convertible Camaro so that people find them both ways. But anyway, so the real reason I'm calling is talking about the electric cars is one thing that we don't have yet is, you know, the, the dealerships or the auto manufacturers are all trying to go like 60 or 70% electric by 2028. And that's also going to put a huge, uh, a huge draw on the grid. So the thing that we don't have yet is the infrastructure of the power to, uh, to handle that many electric cars on the uh, power grid of the U.S and uh, also just anywhere on the planet. Even in California, they used to do rolling blackouts, and our uh, our power is supposedly not robust enough to hold that many people powering their cars, and solar power for chargers is not going to be there yet either. So, uh, so definitely uh, gas is not going away anytime soon, but uh, there's a huge amount of uh, work has to go into infrastructure to, uh, to power all these cars that uh, I was going to put on the road So and also uh, Tesla. So anyway, that's it. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the show. It's awesome. I listen every week on my way to breakfast on Saturday or Sunday. Take care. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Tony, for calling in. Appreciate yeah. that. And great opportunity right here to shout out Camaro family on Instagram. Absolutely. Largest Camaro page on Instagram. Yeah, 396,000 followers. Dang. Dang. Awesome. Great guy too. Great great to hear from you again Tony and love your Instagram uh page. Yeah. So he makes a great point, man. Remember rolling blackouts? Uh, they're still experiencing rolling blackouts and I thought that was just an Enron thing. Remember Enron and their whole <laughs> scam? Yeah. Those poor people yep. in California, man. Oof. They get they yeah. get they get punched at, around. Well, yeah, I know. They, they 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 can't even wash clothes and do laundry on the same day, or do do laundry and take a shower on the same day. It's crazy over there. It's crazy, crazy. <laughs> it was yeah, but he's talking about the infrastructure for electric vehicles. Yeah. yeah, you poor people in California are going to constantly have whirling blackouts if if more people get on the grid. <laughs> Yeah, infrastructure is a word that I hear more and more often about a lot of things. Yeah, we're we're not thinking, we're not we're not we're we're letting the tail wag the dog, as they say. Yeah. So, man, good points, Tony. Good points. Great points. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Good to hear from you. All right, should I do? Let's do another voicemail here. Sure. Let's go. There's nobody there. It's it's Aww. silence. Twelve Aww. seconds of silence. Okay. Oh, Nelson. Nelson. Well, if you guys want to call in and not say anything, or any, <laughs> or you want you, you do want to, you want to shout out your Instagram or something like that, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Here, give us a call. Here's how. Hey, want to be part of this show? Well, we want to hear from you. Just hit our digits at 586-486-3182, 24 hours a day. Leave us a message, and we'll feature it in an upcoming show. So what are you waiting for? Do it now. All right. Okay. Uh, here's the last voicemail then. Yeah, my number's uh beep, 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 beep. one Thomas Madden, beep, beep, beep. and I'm trying to get and I've got a convertible Z01 19 model show. Anyway, I'm trying to get with the Yanko people. To, I'm headed to Arizona. To, I need that car fixed up. I get right there. I'll pay them. You would give me a call back, Thomas. Thank you. 
uh, I'm not exactly sure what the point of this voicemail is. I think he's trying to get a hold of SVE. Oh, oh should I, should we send this message to Dave? Yeah, we, we should. Uh, <laughs> um, hold on a second here. Unless, um, <laughs> give me a second here. I'll just pull up their numbers right now. Let's give that out. Uh, specialty Vehicle Engineering, 732. Let me make sure this is the right phone number. This is, here we go. Uh, yeah, here we go. <clears throat> the number you want to call, Specialty Vehicle Engineering, 732-240-3696. That's if, their phone if, number. Uh, if you want to get your ZL1 converted over, do they do retrofits after, or do they sell them as complete cars? Don't. That's, I think they sell them as complete cars. I don't think they do retrofits. I, th- I think that's right. So you may have to sell your car and buy another one from them. <laughs> um, uh, I think his name was Thomas. So Thomas, uh, if you're listening... That's um, that's the phone number. Can you say it again? Do you got the phone number again? Uh, no, I was looking around at the oh. Cyclone oh. on their page. Uh, go back. Uh, 732-240-3696. There you go, Thomas. There you go. Glad to be of service to you. Um, and I'll beep out his phone number. <laughs> to take it off. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Um, I remember. I'm going to write that down. Make sure when I'm editing. Take <laughs> off. Phone number. Take off. Phone number. Okay. Um, you had a, you had a new video you released and we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. You want to talk about it now? And I'll link, I'll go ahead and link that up in the show notes. Oh, what was my last one? Cause we oh, had, uh, um, um, was that, uh, before, that the bulbs, the headlight bulbs? Oh, yeah. Oh, but you know what? Before I forget, I'm actually, I think I'm, I'm lining up, uh, working with another company on my Corvette for some, for more videos, American hydrocarbon. Um, Never pretty heard of cool, them. pretty cool company. Yeah. Um, they're based out of Florida. And uh, the website, AmericanHydrocarbon.com. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because they do more than Corvettes. They also do a lot of Camaro stuff. Um, Let me see if I can get over here. A lot of, like, uh, custom engine covers and stuff like that. Ground effects, splitters, spoilers. Um, Seems to be pretty cool, folks. And, uh, you know, here we go. Shop.AmericanCarbon. I'm going to get this wrong. Shop.AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Where's a Corvette? Camaro stuff. It's not on their website, but he sent me some stuff. This is not helping anybody on this show right now. Anyway, they got some stuff for Camaro. Uh, sorry. Talk my, about my your last video. video. I did. Yeah, uh, I installed some uh, LED headlights on my wife's car, and um, they worked really good. But then the company came out with an upgraded version, and so I made a video of of that one after the first video. And I tell you what, man, LED headlight technology is getting pretty cool. Um, they're they're really good for budget headlights. I think they cost 40 bucks a pair. My first LED headlights, I think, cost me 80 or $90, and they were crap. What, so what's the lifespan now of a LED headlight? I don't know. I haven't had them long enough to wear them out. Was it five years, ten years? Uh, well, it, 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 it kind of like, you know, I also advocate ceramic coating, something I've been doing lately that I really like. It all depends on the conditions. If... Because every headlight is different on every car, and the spacing is different, and then every LED headlight is different. The the things that kill LED headlights are heat. Okay. And and well, that's pretty much it. Heat, <laughs> heat kills it. So if it's got good ventilation, or if it's not in an enclosed area, it's going to last a little longer. But heat will make the headlights dim over hmm. time, and then I don't know if it'll actually kill it, but it'll make it dim. It'll lose know- its. You know, they say like a household LED light bulb is supposed to last like 26 years. Yeah, because it's it's in a very controlled environment. There's not a whole lot of vibration. There's not a whole lot of 
temperature fluctuations and just certainly not a whole lot of wear. So I can see that happening. It's also in a simple thing. It's just in a socket. <clears throat> there it is. Yeah. You know, cool. the only thing that's going to happen to it is get a little dust on it. But, you know, LED headlights, they're, they're smashed into places sometimes. Um, what, what, what's important is, in addition to heat, is also having the LED chips replicate the positioning of the OEM filament as closely as possible because the reflector or even the projector is designed around a very particular spot where that light is coming from. And like my first LED headlights, it had these two giant M&M sized LED chips and they were probably, there was probably a quarter of an inch, maybe even a half an inch in between them. So they were pushed outward where if you look at a filament, it's dead center. It comes from a very single point. So of course they were crap and they were scattered everywhere and all that. So as the, as the headlight technology gets better and better, they start moving those chips closer and closer to a factory's position. It gets just better light output. So I'm, I'm just impressed by it, especially with, with the price point. But here's something that not everybody knows. Brighter is not always better when it comes to LED headlights. And I found this out. Yeah, it pisses just, off a lot of people too. Well, the reason why is because, well, there's two reasons why. One is people don't aim their headlights after they change bulbs. What about brand new cars? Brand new cars who are blaring white light at you. Oh, that's, uh, that, <laughs> that's, that's just, that's, that's what pisses me off. I'm coming down my street and here comes this brand new Lexus or brand new Toyota, just blaring white light at me. They probably just like, need to be aimed. It's a, it's a brand new car though. I got to think that that's part of dealer prep. Oh my God. I mean, when was the last time you aimed any of your headlights? Never. Yeah. But you know, they go out of, they go out of positioning. They do? Yes. And they're really easy to do. But every time. I've you never heard of headlights. going to like the dealership and they're like, oh, your headlights need to be aimed. No, they don't. It's one of those things that's often overlooked. Huh. I mean, they don't, they're not, they don't go wildly out of position. Yeah. But when I did testing, I tested the Diode Dynamics SL1 LED headlight, the best non-budget LED headlight out there. It's made here in America. Hmm. Awesome company, by the way. And they do a lot of stuff for Camaros. The first time I met them was at Camaro Fest in Bowling Green. Hmm. Um, yeah, they, um, they, uh, I was testing in my Jeep Grand Cherokee and I, you know, put them in and I, Aimed them, and they were out. They they were definitely out of aim. I mean, I can't think of the last time I actually aimed the headlights. So people don't do that. They stick brighter in there. And the other problem is, is that sometimes it's it's so the new version is so bright that the reflector that was designed for an OEM filament can't handle the brightness, mm. and then you get scatter. Yeah, it's just it's just not designed for something that bright. So. It's, I like upgrading it because it's fun, it's, it, it's affordable, and it, well, it, it works. You get better lighting, but there's so many variables. You know, anybody can do it. You just got to do it right. Yeah. But this one seems to be the ones that I did. It's by a company called Oxido, and uh, they, uh, they seem to make pretty good quality stuff for budget headlights. Okay. It's going to get to the point, though, where they're all LED. They're actually doing laser headlights now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of groundbreaking. They haven't gotten there yet. It's kind of, I mean, remember when people, when HIDs came out, people were blown away by it? Oh, yeah. Laser is actually a thing. And, and there's one company that makes laser retrofit headlights, and they were tested by another YouTube channel called Headlight Revolution. They're really cool guys. Uh, and they, uh, they they determined that they, the, the laser retrofit headlights just suck. It's not ready yet. We're not ready for it yet. Hmm. Well, I will link up your video in the show notes and people can learn even more about headlights. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to get out of here. Are you ready to get out of here? I'm this ready is, to get out of here and go enjoy We're the done. weekend. Yep. 
All right, guys, we, uh, we, there will be no new show next week. I'm going away on vacation, and um, so we'll be there. We'll be back the week after, and we'll be, have a best of show next week. So, Yep. Until then, we'll pick, see pick, you then. Pick a good one, Chris. Thanks for listening to The Camaro Show. Don't forget, drop us a voicemail at 586-486-3182. We'll see you next week. See, see ya. ya.